We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Friday. It is September 6th. It's 2019, and we have 15 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my buddy, Jordan Cooper Blenderhead. How are you doing, my friend? Horrible. I don't know what I put myself through for the three hours for that football game. It was awful. I mean, I love the fact that people are complaining on Twitter that how boring this, this football game is, yet they couldn't stand to possibly watch a soccer game. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a pretty bad game. I don't think anybody projected that game to be 13 points. Um, so, yeah, I, I chalk it up. Like, I played a lot of Allison. I played a lot of Montgomery. I played a lot of Scantling. Like, I, I'm just chalking it up and moving on. Well, that's why we got the 15 game baseball slate to make it all back. Yeah, yeah. Well, I played Wade Miley in baseball uh, yesterday too. So, like, it's just. It was just one of those days, um, you know, obviously ready to move on. We do got 15 games, so we're going to jump right in. Um, let's get started here with St. Louis at Pittsburgh. Miles Mikolas against Joe Musgrove. Um, any interest here in Miles Mikolas? Well, you kind of have to. I mean, uh, for 8K, on this slate, there are, there are, there's, the pitching is not bad, but I'm not thrilled about, like, any of the options. High end, low end, mid end. But, like, I could play two cheap pitchers. I could play two expensive pitchers. I could do a lot of things. Uh, Michaelis at 8K, I think he's efficiently priced against the Pirates who have a 4.1 implied run total. But I'd almost want more strikeout upside against the Pirates lineup that really doesn't strike out that much to righties. Yeah, he's had home massive home road splits this season. He's faced this team already five times this year. This would be a sixth time facing this team. Um, it just We're at that point in the season where if, if a team has seen that guy that many times, like, Obviously, it goes both ways, but I just think the upside's kind of limited here for Mikolas. He does get a ballpark upgrade, but there's a guy that's a little bit more than him that I like more. Um, but again, there's just there's all kinds of options in the mid tier, and you know you don't really love anybody here. So Joe Musgrove on the other side of this game, um, you know, obviously Musgrove is 6K. He's facing a lot of righties in this lineup. You know, could you potentially play him here at 6K? Definitely. It's, it's one of those uh, prototypical Musgrove slates where 
He's still priced about 1K, 1,500 less than he should be for his talent. The Cardinals have a 4.5 implied run total. And the, the Pittsburgh, the, the stadium kind of suppresses righty power. So I'm not as scared about Goldie, Ozuna, and DeJong. So I could definitely see playing Musgrove. Uh, St. Louis Bats, what do you like here for the Cardinals? I mean, I'd want to attack them with lefties, but do I want to pay 4300 for Colton Wong or 4400 for Edmund? I mean, yeah, sure, if you're going to stack them, because Musgrove could have one of those full Musgrove games. You could definitely go ahead and do this. But, I mean, for the, for the hitting environment here at an 8.5 total altogether, like I'm not thrilled about playing the Cardinals. Yeah, I'm not really thrilled about this game in general. Like, there's just not a lot that's standing out to me. You know, we go to the other side of this game, the Pittsburgh side of things, and, like, you know, I, I don't ever hate playing, like, a Josh Bell. I always think that, you know, he's the guy that has the multiple home run upside here. Ozuna's actually been really good against righties this season, but he's a ground ball guy facing a ground ball pitcher. So, you know, obviously that concerns me. And, you know, Colin Moran has moved up in the lineup, and I do like his power, but, like, nothing really standing out to me. I'd play the lefties if I was doing anything here. Nope, I agree with you. But, I mean, even the stack price, like you're going to have to pay over 22 k for this stack, and I don't want it to be the Pirates. Not on a 15-game slate. Yeah, if I was going to play Bell or Moran, they'd probably be one-offs. Like if, I need, if I'm stacking a team that needs a first baseman, maybe Josh Bell is a one-off or something along those lines um, to get that multiple home run upside. Texas at Baltimore, uh, Brock Burke against Dylan Bundy. Any interest here in Brock Bur- Burke? Well, I mean, 7,100. I mean, the, the the Orioles do strike out a bunch. I mean, going from Texas to Baltimore is kind of like similar, similar type of hitting environment. Uh, but, I mean, this game has a, a lower total than I would have thought. And I think based on the forecast, there's going to be 11-mile-an-hour winds blowing in. Uh, if that stays true, uh, like, like to, if you could generate ground balls, you don't have to worry about fly balls. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily mind playing Burke against uh, the strikeout. Right? If Trumbo's in the lineup, if we get like a DJ Stewart, if we get some, some, of, some of the higher strikeout Orioles in there, I could see sprinkling in some Brock Burke. The only issue that I have with Burke today is the potential of the manager limiting the pitch count. Uh, the news came out where they might – they're considering limiting his pitch count. He's been a guy that's been right around 95 pitches on average – um, 94, 95, 99 in his three starts. He's gone at least six innings in each of those starts. He's actually pitched really decent. He struggled a little bit against Seattle. Um, it, it's really just a pitch count thing. If we get any kind of clarif- clarification on that, like if they're going to let him go 80, 85 pitches, I'm still okay with it. But like if, if we're at 95 and we're considering limiting him more, like where are we going to end up? Are we going to end up at 75? Because then I really don't have a ton of interest. So um it's really just a pitch count thing and if you're willing to take that risk if we don't get any type of news here um dylan bundy on the other side we like to target you know texas with lefties um a little bit different when it's righties any interest here in bundy well if if the if the wind is going to somewhat suppress the fly balls which is bundy's biggest problem especially in baltimore i mean he has strikeout enough strikeout upside at 7300 to put up a 10k pitcher level score so for gpps he's definitely in play for me but you could say the same on the other side by like if bundy isn't good that day you know he's he's done in three innings you get six innings of the baltimore pen and you kind of want to stack the rangers in that case for sure for sure 
Um, let's talk Texas bats, you know, like it's been a very up and down season. Obviously they've dealt with a lot of injuries. It's not the same team, you know, Gallo's out, Pence is out, Mazzara's banged up right now. But, you know, when we're looking at it, you know, Willie Calhoun, Chu, 4,500, 4,400. Maybe I'm looking at a potential like three man. You got Odor at 3,900. Solak is 3,800. Like you can potentially get a little bit of exposure here. I, I see this to me. I see this as you stack at five man. Hope for an implosion and a pen game from the Orioles, or you stay away. And if you're going to play one offs, you play the lefties. I mean, Bundy has a lower strikeout rate to lefties, but of course, he gives up more power to righties. But like on a team that already strikes out a ton as it is for the Rangers, I'm just always concerned about playing more than one offs or anywhere in between. Because, like, a strikeout ends rallies. You get the bottom of this lineup. You get Odor who strikes out. You get Trevino who strikes out. You get some of these guys, like, yeah, they put up six runs, but on a 15-game slate, like, the one-off may be fine, but the stack ain't going to do anything. Yep. Um, as far as Baltimore goes, you know, I always have a ton of interest in Nunez, Alberto, uh, Mancini, um, Severino, those type of guys when we're facing a lefty. I even think like if you're if you're wanting to stack it up, maybe you potentially look at even like a Trumbo. You know, he's thirty nine hundred. We know throughout his career he's been a lot better um, against left handed pitching. So, you know, I think this is a spot you're potentially looking at here on the slate. Right. I just wish that like prices on Santander and VR were were a little bit more affordable at forty eight and forty nine hundred. So it's going to be very hard because like the I'm not I'm not playing Richie Martin at twenty five hundred as part of my stack at home. Uh, I mean, I barely want to do that on the road. So looking at this, like, yeah, I could see a three-man. I could see one-offs, but like a full stack, I just – I just on a 15 – on this 15-game slate, I think there are better spots than the Orioles. All right, we got the Royals and the Marlins. Um, Jorge Lopez against Pablo Lopez, the Battle of the Lopez's. Um, any interest here in Jorge Lopez? He's 5,300. It's close to 5K. He can pitch 90. I was surprised the last time out he actually pitched deep enough into the game. I always thought that, oh, he's only going to pitch 60, in it, 60, 65 pitches. But I think the last time out he had like, I think, 77, 80, something like that. So it's against the Marlins and the ballpark upgrade for him. So uh, he has to be in consideration, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I'm not thrilled about doing it, but I mean – and Marlins are one of those teams where who's pitching against the Marlins? Oh, the guy's 5.3K and he can throw 80, 80, 90 pitches. I got to do it. Yeah, I, I hear you on that one. Like, it really is just he's cheap and he's facing Miami. <laughs> like, but you, you know, can say that about the other Lopez on the other side also. That is true. You can. Um, facing facing Kansas City, um, what's your thoughts on Pablo Lopez, who's 6,300 and – you know, for the most part, he's actually been not bad. Right, and he came back. He pitched over 90 pitches. He's facing the, the Royals, who lose the DH. Not like that matters because the pitcher batting is about as good as some of the guys at the bottom of their order. So, like, yeah, if he can get around the lefties, but the lefties that we're worried about are primarily Mondesi and maybe O'Hearn's power, but that's going to be somewhat suppressed in Miami. So, like. I put Pablo Lopez. I think maybe I'd rather play Musgrove. I think Musgrove has higher upside, but I think Lopez has a higher floor in this matchup. 
Yeah. (laughs) Both these teams stink. There's not a ton of power, and both these pitchers are cheap, so I don't hate either one. As far as the Royals' bats, I don't hate Mondesi here. I don't hate Solaire, um, but I'm not going to go out of my way to play these guys. Right. At these prices on DraftKings, 5K, 4,700 for Solaire, Dodgers 44, playing in Miami with a four implied run total. Like on a 15-game slate, if we're talking about a seven-game slate, okay, maybe I'll have to make these choices. But I look at this game as a whole. It's like, here's two cheap pitchers, and who cares about the bats? It's kind of where I'm at, too. Um, you know, nothing really standing out to me as far as Miami goes, bats-wise. Like, they don't really have that, like, power lefty. Um, so, for me, it's just take a shot on these pitchers, hope it's a low-scoring game, and move on. To the yep, Phillies. Oh, okay. I just wanted to make – before you move on, I just had to make – insert the joke about Lewis Brinson right there. Like, I, I got I got every time I'm on, if, if Lewis Brinson's on the slate, I got I to gotta make some type of comment about him. So, funny story. I had Brinson in my FanDuel lineup on Thursday, and I forgot to check FanDuel because I was building DraftKings football lineups, and he wasn't in the lineup. So, it's, it's disappointing. So, you got a zero from Brinson not in the lineup. <laughs> okay, well – would you have expected any more? If nope. I, had played? I, got, I pretty much got what I was hoping for. or know what, And I got what I was knowing that I was getting going into it, I guess. So. Okay, so it didn't really even matter. Didn't even really matter. Uh, Philadelphia at New York taking on the Mets. Eight and a half total. Zach Eflin, Steven Matz. Matz a 150 favorite. Um, any interest here in Zach Eflin? Uh, typically, Eflin is, is worse to lefties than he is to righties. At 6,600, I'd still rather play both pitchers in the Marlins game. I'd rather play Musgrove. Uh, the Mets have a 4.7 implied run total. There's a lot of lower scoring games on the slate. So 4.7 is actually more like the, on the higher half of this slate. So I think, I think I'd rather play the lefties in the Mets lineup than give a shot on Eflin. Yeah, Eflin's just not been great either against lefties. So, you know, with them having McNeil back, Conforto, Cano's back, they got Nimmo. They could roll out four, potentially even five lefties in this lineup. So probably going to pass on Eflin unless it comes out right-handed heavy. Um, Steven Matz, you know, the top of this order is very good against lefties. Segura, Real Muto, um, Hoskins, even Harper's been good against lefties this year. And then Kingery, you know, the one through five, six, potentially, if they bat Kingery fifth or sixth. I think this is a spot that I'd even pass on like a Steven Matz. You know, you talked about this game having eight and a half total and, you know, eight and a half is actually pretty, pretty average on this slate. The only thing that make that, that makes me want to play Matz is that the Phillies have a 3.9 implied run total. And I think it's primarily due based on the forecast, which you'll have to check with Roth much later. We're, we're looking at this, what, 16, 18 hours in advance. 14-mile-an-hour winds blowing in. So that bodes much well for Matt's skill set. If he, he's, if he either generates soft contact or gets strikeouts. So as long as he can limit a big shot, like I think he has a good – I think he's in the same range as like a Dylan Bundy on with this Phillies lineup that he could put up a ceiling score, a 10K pitching-worthy score for that price. And I think he'll come in – much lower owned at 7,600 and people looking at the Phillies going, "Ah, I don't really want to play him against the Phillies. So check the weather report. I'm I'm much more rather to play Mets even as like a double, like if I play him with Homer Bailey 
and play like a expensive stack. I, I can see that being a winning combination. All right. Um, yeah, the weather, obviously, if it's, if it's that much and it's going to make a huge difference, if Weather Edge is telling us to stay away, um, obviously that would you know, kind of hinder my opinion on like the Phillies because I like Singura, I like Real Muto, I like Hoskins here. Um, it's not the cheapest stack by any means, but it's certainly a stack that I think you can play today. Well, it's definitely affordable. If like Sean Rodriguez is in the lineup and he's 3,100, I mean, there's a power righty. Of course, he could strike out 40% of the time. But I have no problem playing. Uh, you have a catcher batting high in the order. So you can play Segura, Real Muto, Hoskins, Kingery, Rodriguez, some type of stack like that. Like, I have no issue with it. It's just that it's on a 15-game slate, I have to be a little bit more picky than I normally would be. But this it is at least priced enough where I, I think it's reasonable to play them if you want to. Yeah, like obviously, like I said, it really is going to depend on like if the wind is going to be that massive and it's going to make that much of a difference, then like it will it will certainly affect the decision. But I, I like the pricing. The pricing is there. Like if you leave Harper off on your stack, you're not really paying up for anybody. Hoskins would be the highest guy at 4,300. So um, as far as the Mets, you kind of already said it uh, a few minutes ago. Like I, I like the lefties here. I think that Conforto, McNeil – those guys here, even if Nimmo cracks the lineup, he's cheap at 3,700. Like, I, I would attack the lefties in this spot. Also, remember Robinson Cano. I looked at the game log. I didn't realize he's actually hitting well the past three games that he's come back for no apparent reason. We've been playing him for, what, four months, and he did nothing. So now he's 3,800. Uh, maybe you get on – maybe that's a cash play at this point at second base. At 38, it's like, do I play Cano or do I play Rognet Odor? Like, that's, it's like beating yourself in the face. I, I, think, uh, I think I'd rather play Cano against Eflin than I would Odor against Bundy. All right. Moving on, we got the Yankees and the Red Sox. No total in this one. We got Domingo Herman against Chassin. Um, any interest here in Domingo Herman? Uh, no, not in a game that currently what I have it as a 10.5 total Four, five point four for the Red Sox and five point three for the Yankees. Uh, so when both teams are at a five or above, uh, typically I'm not looking at pitching in this game. Yeah, we're definitely not playing Chasin. Uh, the Yankees are going to welcome Chasin to Boston by, yeah, welcoming him to Boston. And I think the total would actually even be higher on this game. But we're going to have some wind in this game too. I don't, you know, so going to have to watch that potentially getting um, ten mile an hour winds blowing in here. Uh, as far as the Yankees go, you cannot tell me to not play any of these guys. Like, I think the Yankees are the top stack on the slate. They're just expensive as hell. I mean, look, 50, you're going to have to pay. That's, you're going to have to pay like 25K for this stack. And I'm not telling – with the, the, the relative run totals that we see on this slate, maybe it is worth it. And with the pitch – we've already mentioned multiple cheap pitchers that are viable – if you don't want to pay up for Kershaw or Giolito or any of those guys, it may be one of those slates where half the pitchers get around the same score no matter what price they are, or the top-end pitchers don't put up a 40-plus point score that you need. So if that's the case, you can afford anyone you want anyway. So why not play the Yankees? I'd rather play the lefties against Justine, but I don't care. It's Fenway Park. I'll play the righties. I mean, Justine's... Uh, a ground ball pitcher that has not been generating ground balls this season. He's typically worse to lefties, but he still gives up power to righties. So it, 
There's not there's nothing on the Yankees side. Look, their their lineup is nearly entirely healthy now. I mean, Stanton's out, but I mean, up and down their order. Like, if you wanted to play Torchman batting ninth, I wouldn't even call you crazy for doing that. Well, you heard what they said, right? Like, Chasin's gonna you know open this game, work a few innings, and then Kashner's coming in. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> just because uh, it's an upgrade, apparently. Well, like, you know, you, you get your lefty power against Chassin and then Kashner comes in and he gives up a ton of power to the righties. Like, it's just it, – uh, you mentioned it. Like, you, you said it. Like, we have some mid-tier guys at pitcher today. We have some guys that we haven't even talked about. Like, I can live in that seven to 8,500, 9K range today, play two of those guys, load up on the Yankees, and call it a day. So, it's definitely something I'm considering here. Uh, and then don't sleep on Boston. Like, Domingo Herman's not a bad pitcher, but, you know, they're the Boston Red Sox. Right. But I just I, – I, they're also priced like the Boston Red Sox. So, like, I like Devers' price. I mean, he's down to 5K. It's still expensive. But I like Devers and Ben Attendee. I mean, I, you could always make a case for playing Mookie Betts at 5K. I'm not a, as much of a fan of this as a full stack against Herman because he's a decent enough – he's a good enough pitcher. But I have no problem playing ones, twos, threes against him. Um, yeah, I hear you. Arizona at Cincinnati, nine and a half total. We got Robbie Ray against Tyler Molle. Um, Any interest here in Robbie Ray? Uh, I'm uh, going by the, the notion of if Robbie Ray is going to be uh, not chalk, that's when you play him. And if he's going to be owned, you don't. Uh, there are strikeouts in this Reds lineup. He's getting a ballpark downgrade. The Reds have a 4.4 implied run total. But Robbie Ray has an elite strikeout rate. His problem is with walks. So as long as he doesn't walk the moon, he could have a he could have a, as good of an outing here, point wise, as any other pitcher on the slate. So at ten point five k, I don't think he's underpriced. I don't even think he's overpriced. I think he's efficiently priced. And if he's going to be under ten percent owned, I have much more interest in him. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, again, there's a there's a lot of cheaper pitchers that I like on this slate. I, to be honest, I don't really love anybody over 10K today. Like, I, you know, I can make an argument for any of the guys that are over 10K today, but it's going to be a day that I pay down a pitcher. Like, Kershaw is probably the guy, if you're paying up, you're paying up for Kershaw. But outside of that, over 10K, I just don't like any of these guys. And then, you know, you can keep going down. I don't like Domingo Herman. I don't like Dallas Keuchel. Um, so like we just, I'm just living in that mid tier. Like unless I have money to get Kershaw, like I'm just playing this mid tier. So probably won't end up playing Robbie Ray today. Um, I saw a thing today that Lorenzen might start this game in the field. Like he's been hitting the ball so well. Um, they might use him in the field in this game. Didn't, did they use him tonight? I didn't play tonight. I don't know. Um, I think they, I think they did tonight. I think I saw a tweet that day he was starting in the field tonight. <laughs> you know, he has seven home runs on the season, I guess, but I'm looking it up now. I, I, I played baseball today. I got crushed, and I didn't look at anything after Wade Miley. Um, he, we need to wait for Vincente Velasquez to take the field for the Phillies. He's apparently their best outfielder. Yeah, he, he, um, he played center field. Lorenzen played center field. Walk, strikeout. Yeah, so. Um, Arizona bats. Or, I mean, Tyler Molly. Any interest in Tyler Molly? Typically, I would, but I, I, the, the Diamondbacks are actually a lower strikeout team, and they have a whole bunch of lefties. 
and they're they're getting the ballpark upgrade playing in Cincinnati in a good hitting environment with a 4.7 played run total. I still think Molly is in play at 6,200. He has strikeout ability, but I think I'm more inclined because people may play. I mean, Molly may get some ownership. He may get 12%, 14%, that type of ownership. But I don't think the Diamondbacks, outside of maybe two players, they're priced up. But I may, this is maybe like the off the board expensive stack that you play. So this is my second favorite stack on the slate. So I'm glad you're on the same page with me. Um, we're going to get into some other games like Minnesota. I love Minnesota today, but I feel like Arizona is going to be cheaper. So I rank them higher than I rank Minnesota. Uh, I'm going to stack those three teams. No doubt about it. The Yankees, Arizona, Minnesota, I'll have stacks of those teams. But I, I like where Arizona is price-wise, kind of what you were just saying compared to where the Yankees are, where Minnesota is, like I feel like Arizona team ownership is going to come in at like 5% today um, against Tyler Molly, who really struggles with lefties in Cincinnati. This is a ballpark upgrade when the roof is closed in Arizona. This is an upgrade going to Cincinnati. And how many times this year have we seen like Arizona be really low owned and win slates because people just don't like to play them and you know, you get that guy, Josh Rojas, at 3,300 who can make everything work when you're, when you're stacking this team up. And it'll make doubly work if they have Lamb in the lineup. Yep. yep. If you, think of, you could play Lamb at third base. You could play at Escobar at second. Walker at first. Marte in the outfield. And then you could play Ahmed. And also, they're on the road, so I don't even mind playing Ahmed or Carson Kelly. People don't realize those guys have power. They're not, they're, they're not light-hitting players. So, like, I mean, I don't even mind playing Dyson as a lefty in Cincinnati against Molly. So, like, up and down this order, like, people don't play the Diamondbacks when they have a higher implied run total. They have a 4.7 implied run total. These prices, I agree with you. Uh, if people are just going to pay down for pitching anyway, uh, I'm going to have to differentiate somewhere and still have to pay money. So, I do not mind the Diamondbacks whatsoever. Uh, let's talk about the other side of this game, you know, the red, red side of things. Like, there are some power righties in here, and we know Robbie Ray gives up some home runs. This game's in Cincinnati. You know, Suarez, Aquino, obviously, probably would attack them more as, like, one-offs, right? Like, or, or maybe even playing two of them. I don't know. Maybe you play Irvin and play a, a three-man here, but I wouldn't five-man stack Cincinnati against um, Ray. Well, it depends on what, what type of performance that Ray puts out. His, his main issue is walks. And stacking against a pitcher that walks a lot of guys is always, is, is always good. Because that means men will be on base and people will be driven in. So if you think Robbie Ray is going to walk four or five guys, the problem is the Reds don't have a high walk rate. But if you think so, then stack them up. But if you don't and you think he just gives up one bomb, pick out the bomb. Just I'm always concerned – like. Obviously, like Lorenzen's not gonna not in the pool or anything if he plays, but he's like in the pool, he's twenty one hundred. Oh, as as a hitter, as an outfielder. Yep. Wow, I don't All think right. he's in play. I didn't, inter- I didn't mean to interrupt you. I do think he'll play if Senzel sits again. Senzel's okay. It's it's just weird that I'm like twenty one hundred for Lorenzen, considering playing Lewis Brinson at two thousand. Don't even think about. It. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think Lorenzen probably has more home runs on the season than um, Brinson. He may have more contact with the bat this season. <laughs> so, yeah, but he is in the player pool on, on DraftKings at least at 2,100. So, 
if he is in the lineup, he's at home, probably potentially batting like eighth. So like, obviously not the most ideal situation, but 2,100 is fine with me. Yeah. You could sack this up easily now. I do it. I've done a lot worse things with 2,100. And I played Brinson when he's not even in the lineup. So <laughs> Clay Buckholtz, Brandon McKay, Toronto Blue Jays at Tampa Bay. Um, any interest here in Buckholtz? At 6,500, no. Not against the Rays with a 5.3 implied run total. Buckholtz just doesn't miss bats. Buckholtz does not have the strikeout stuff anymore. Like, it's just gone. No real whiff rates. Um, where he was generating, you know, whiffs with the with the cutter and the changeup early in his career, it's just not a thing anymore. Um, and, and Tampa's not a high strikeout team, so this is an awful spot for Buckholtz, even in Tampa. Uh, Brandon McKay is a guy that's really interesting. You get all these young right-handed hitters for Toronto, um, but they haven't been great against lefties. It's still pretty small sample for most of these guys, but we're starting to get over 100 at-bats, so we kind of have an idea. It, it, McKay, hasn't been, he been pitching from the bullpen? Like, is he going to be on a pitch count this game? Well, they're limiting his innings because of who he is and, and all that stuff, but um, – they really haven't – like, he could open this game and not pitch deep. So, he he, he threw two innings on um, the 19th, so he really hasn't pitched since then. Okay, well, if you think he's going to pitch at least 90 pitches, fine at 7,800. But if you have any doubts, there's enough pitchers that are cheap and in this range and everything that you don't necessarily have to take the chance. If I knew he was going to pitch 90 to 100 pitches – I don't mind this matchup at all with the Blue Jays with the 3.9 implied run total. But, I mean, we've already mentioned, like, it seems like six other pitchers that I'm willing to play at this price. I'd rather just not even take the risk. Now, I'm going to look it up. He was sent back down right before call-ups. So, he's been in AAA. Um, so, I don't know if he's been starting or closing. I'll look that up, and I'll let you talk about the Toronto bats here while I look that up. Well, I mean, I'm not – I mean, I, I respect the Rays' bullpen more so than other teams. They're playing in Tampa, so I'm not thrilled about the Blue Jays, but I have no problem, like, playing, like, Vlad at 3,700 or Smoke or Smoke. Well, he's going to be batting from the other side of the plate. Not a big fan. Uh, Grichuk or Teoscar Hernandez. I mean, all their bats – I mean, Bo Bichette is 4,900. So, like, I'm not going to play him. But, like, all their other bats are under, under 4K. And if you want to grab a one-off with some power, like, I'm not against that. Like, even if – McKay's going to be on, let's say, a 70 pitch count or something. Like, I'm not looking to attack him anyway. And then I'm not even looking to attack the Tampa bullpen. So, even though this could qualify as a vomit stack, like, I'd rather play other vomit stacks than this one. So, McKay threw – he started um, on the 31st of August uh, through three innings, really good ball, one hit, one walk, eight strikeouts, only 53 pitches. So – I would guess the pitch count would be 75 or less, but I've been wrong before. Um, I told everybody to play Geronimo Allison in the captain spot, so I've, been, I've definitely been wrong recently too. <laughs> you played Lewis Brinson not in the lineup, and technically <laughs> that too. You, you were neither right nor wrong because the zero was kind of expected. That's right. Uh, zero was not expected from Allison, so I was wrong about that one. Um, as far as the Tampa bats go, they're kind of sneaky. Maybe as a back end stack, uh, three man, but Buckholz just doesn't miss bats. The Toronto bullpen's not great. The only thing that I don't love here is this game's in Tampa and we're not getting a, a, a tremendous discount. And, you know, you start looking at this Tampa lineup and it's like, you know, fam is day to day. Darno is banged up. Sogard's banged up. So 
you're going to have to see what this lineup looks like, but I don't hate maybe going like a Meadows, Choi, maybe add a third person in there, type three man. Well, with all the players banged up, maybe you get a leadoff Joey Wendell. That could be like a cash play at 3,300. I mean, I'm not thrilled ever to play him, but if you didn't want to play like Cano at second base or someone a little bit cheap, a little bit more expensive like Solak, Odor, one of those types of guys, I, I wouldn't if – he, if he's batting higher in the order, I'm not going to play him ninth at home. Or like a Zunino if he's in the lineup, but that's like a zero or 14. So, like, they're, they're not priced low enough for me to really – I mean, it's what? It's going to cost me almost 23K to stack them. And I just think there are better spots here. I'll, ju- I'll just play a little less for pitching. But I, I can't bl- – if you want to play Austin Meadows as a one-off for 4,800, I can't call you crazy for ever doing that. Yeah, I don't hate Choi either. Um, Buckholds is going to miss bats. Choi has a high – Choi has a high hard hit rate. So I wouldn't mind like a Choi. Um, Washington and Atlanta. We got Patrick Corbin against Dallas Keuchel. This is two teams, just in general, Washington and Atlanta – that I do not like to play left-handed pitching against. Um, both of these teams are very good against left-handed pitching. I honestly, I really don't have interest in Corbin or Keuchel. Do you have any interest in either one of those guys? Uh, I agree with your sentiment. And while they could have decent outings, because of what you stated, their ceilings, I believe, are limited. And you're paying for them. 10.8K on DraftKings for Corbin. 9,300 for Keuchel on DraftKings. Like, I think they're... They could go out, easily get 18 points. But I could get that probably from, like, someone that's 2K cheaper than that. So if you wanted to play them, sure. But I just I don't see ceiling results here in both of these teams' lineups are good enough to hurt them at least enough to not put up, like, a 30-plus point score. Yeah, like, Zimmerman's back for Washington. So, like, that takes away a left-handed bat and Adams. So Zimmerman would be in there. Like, Keuchel this season has a 17% K rate against righties. You know, the only person with a strikeout rate over 20% against lefties this season is Michael Taylor, if he's even in the lineup. So, low strikeout team, low strikeout pitcher. Uh, what do you like here for the Washington Bats? If I'll play cheap guys like Robles or Zimmerman or Dozier. Like, I could always – I'm not stacking this team against Keuchel. But I mean, I could play the cheap one-off bats and, you know – I mean, Rendon would be the best bat in the lineup, but he's 5,600, and do I really want to pay? I mean, I'll, I'll, there are other games with other third basemen that I'd rather play. But if you wanted to take Jan Golden, sure, 3,200. As, as long as you're taking a cheap bat or two-man or cheap, you know, I don't even know about a three-man, like, I couldn't call it against you. I mean, they have, what, 4.6 implied run total? That's not, that's not horrible. Yeah, I don't think I'd talk you off of any of these guys, but I don't love them. Um, Zimmerman's cheap. Don't hate that. Um, I never hate Anthony Rendon, but you mentioned 5,600. 5, I'm not playing him over the Yankees or the Twins or, you know, even Arizona at that price. So, especially as a one-off where almost all those stacks have third basemen. So, as far as Atlanta goes, Patrick Corbin, obviously I think he's better than Keuchel. Um, but it's, again, it's just a team that, you know, Adam Duvall is back up with the big team. Um, he adds, he takes away one of those lefties, adds another righty in that lineup. Um, Albies has been really good against lefties. Acuna has been really good. Donaldson has been really good. There's some strikeouts here. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of strikeout upside in this lineup, but it's just a spot. Honestly, I hope this game is like four to two. Like just let this game be like four to two and call it a day. 
right? If I was going to be interested in any anyone as a stack, it would be the Braves more so than the Nationals just because of price. If Flowers is in the lineup at 3,600, Swanson at 3,700, that's a catcher and a shortstop, and they both have power. And with Corbin, see, unlike Keuchel, who generates ground balls, like if Corbin's off, he generates fly balls, and it's Atlanta. So uh, I, don't, I don't mind that. If he's off and then you get the Nats pen, I like the stack. Acuna, Albies, you can stack them all up. That's no problem. But just understand it's a high-variance type of, type of situation. And Corbin is probably not going to be that popular, so it's not like you're even getting that much leverage there. But just consider, don't be afraid. Be more afraid of Keuchel than Corbin only because from a ceiling perspective in large field GPPs, I think the, the Braves offer you more upside than the Nationals in this contest. Seattle at Houston, Tommy Malone, who will probably have an opener against Frambar Valdez. Um, any interest in um, Malone? The Astros have a 6.5 implied run total. Not a chance. Um, Valdez, 103 pitches his last time out against Toronto. We know this kid has a bunch of strikeout potential. I made my mistake playing Wade Miley on Thursday. I don't like lefties against Seattle. I think they're a much better team against lefties, but I, I'm getting a, I'm getting a way different price range here. Wade Miley was like 10, five and Valdez is 6,900 with strikeout upside with some strikeouts in this lineup. Like, Let's try this again, I, I think, is my tournament approach here. I get why you'd want to play Valdez. I agree with you. I just like the Mariners' prices on their bats so much more than Valdez's price. It's one of those things where if you're playing a whole bunch of lineups and you're like, I got to take a stand somewhere. I don't want to play one or the other. And I go, well, Valdez is 6.9K against the Mariners. That seems pretty good. But there's, I could play one of the Lopez guys. I could play Musgrove. I could play Nicholas. I could play Molly even. I could play tons of other pitchers in that range. But looking at the Mariners stack, like the Mariners stack is a vomit stack. And like if Valdez is off, like Valdez will give up every – I mean, he can give up 15 hits in this game if he's not striking people out. So – I, I I get why you'd want to play Valdez, and if I'm not playing the Mariners, I have no problem playing him. But I just I think I'd much rather uh, stack the Mariners than play Valdez. And the other the other thing, like I even said this in the expert survey on Thursday when I was writing up Miley, I said that the only thing that concerns me is they have four guys with fly ball rates over 48 percent against left-handed pitching. So we saw that it really played out for them against Wade Miley who's more of a ground ball guy just like Valdez. The biggest difference is the the strikeout ability Valdez has over Miley. But against righties, it's still low enough. So I could definitely, if I'm not playing Valdez on some lineups, because um, I'm not all in on any any cheap guy today. I'm going to be mixing and matching these guys. I don't mind looking at Dylan Moore and Austin Nola, a Tom Murphy, those guys that get the ball up in the air. Um, but I would – this is probably one of those spots that I'd probably stay away from Kyle Seager. And I like him in lefty-lefty matchups. Why? What's wrong with him? The reason that Valdez is so good is because he has that sinker-curveball combo against lefties. Like, lefties really struggle against Valdez. Well, maybe it'll be off to that day. You never know. <laughs> that's that's, that's 13-point football game on Thursday night. Like, anything can happen, right? Right. Well, that, that's, the, that's how it's for at bat. So, yeah, yep. maybe he may, – hey, may, what ends up happening is that he strikes out twice and then he hits the home run off the, off the pen. 
and then you get bailed out. So, like, <laughs> any, anything could happen. But, like, if Kyle Seager's batting fourth and I'm playing a five-man stack, it's going to be hard for me to just, like, leave him off in the middle of it. Yeah, see, I, I, I think I'd approach this team more as a, a back-end two- or three-man. So, I get why you would stack them with five. And if I'm stacking them with five, it's certainly not Malik Smith. So, I'm definitely looking at Kyle Seager, like, <laughs> Malik Smith hate stacking that guy so it'd be really interesting you know going to the other side of this game with them opening this game with Whistler I did find that out it will be Whistler that opens this game and then Malone coming in Springer got a concussion he's out um they're they're hoping to have him back next week Correa is getting close but he's not ready you know my boy Kyle Tucker hit his first home run on Thursday night it's it'd be really interesting to see just in general what the Houston lineup looks like here and I think this this will be lower owned I, I think it's, it's a 6.5 implied run total. It may be the highest implied run total on the slate, so it may generate ownership. I just think that with Malone being a lefty, people are going to shy away from the stack because if Jordan Alvarez is batting cleanup, and be like, well, how do I play Alvarez? Or how do I play Brantley lefty-lefty? Like, Alvarez is actually has good power against lefties. Brantley, not so much. So, like, at 5,500, it feels like you're playing a premium for the matchup, but I really don't think you are. And you can stack this team with Altuve, even if you skip Brantley, and you go Altuve, Bregman, Alvarez, Gurriel, Diaz, and or Chirinos, you take five of those guys. Uh, I think aggregate ownership-wise, I still think it's going to be underneath the Twins. I still think it may even be underneath the, the Yankees, possibly. I mean, if it ends up being chalk, then yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not as thrilled about it. But if you're going to tell me that the Astros against Tommy Malone is going to be lower on than they should, and I could, and I don't have to pay up for pitching. I don't care what these prices are. Yeah, it, it's it, that same argument. If you're attacking that mid tier, you're going to have plenty of money to stack which team you want. It's just debating on which team you want to stack. Um, Angels and White Sox. Dylan Peters um, against Lucas Giolito. Uh, Giolito is a 148 favorite here. Uh, what's your thoughts on Dylan Peters? 5,400, yeah, he fits the bill of, like, yeah, he could pitch 90 pitches. And he's playing against the White Sox. So, like, how do we not how do we not target the White Sox? Well, the White Sox are a little bit healthier now, and they have right-handed bats. So, like, Dylan Peters horrible against right-handed bats. Uh, and the White Sox are cheaper uh, for the, the context of the slate. I'd rather play the White Sox than play Dylan Peters. <laughs> I would rather play the White Sox, too. Um Things that we don't say very often, but like you, you know, they're not expensive. You know, you're getting all the pieces that you'd want to the White Sox are all under 4,500. So, uh, Lucas Giolito on the other side of this game, I like Giolito. I've liked him ever since, like you know, I, we saw him pitch with Washington, and you know, he got he got called up too soon, got traded to the White Sox. They left him in AAA. Like we're really starting to see his talent that we expected from him, just facing the Angels and like. Obviously, they've added some pieces here, and they're not the same Angels team, but they still don't strike out a lot. So it's just a limited upside side. But talent-wise, if we're just taking everything out and we're playing from talent to get away from Kershaw, he's probably the talent guy that I would play up in this range. That's correct, but your point is what I'm looking at. Depending on the Angels lineup, and their most likely lineup has a couple of guys that have like sub-12% K rates. Like, yeah, he'll strike out Stasi if he's at the lineup, sure. So you get you get two or three of those. But outside of that, he has to navigate Trout, navigate Otani. Pools doesn't really strike out. 
I mean, Upton, Upton's probably three free strikeouts. So, like, at 12.1K on this slate, on a 15-game slate, if he ain't giving you at least 35, you ain't winning a large field GPP. I just don't see him putting up that score in this matchup. He had a really good game, really good game against the Angels around this time last month and only put up 29 and a half. So, like, that kind of gives – like, it was a really good game, you know, 11 strikeout games, six innings, gave up a couple runs. You know, it was the it was the type of ceiling game. He threw 113 pitches. He won the game and still only put up 29.5. And at 12-1, it's just – it's a really tough ask at that price and that – it just goes back to the whole argument of I love the mid-tier today because I just – I don't really want to pay up for Kershaw. Uh, like, I, I think Kershaw is the best option on the slate, and I don't want to pay up for him because I know he's going to be popular because he is the best option on the slate. And the White, um, Sox, and the White Sox bats, if we want to talk about. Like, are you – Giolito's good enough that – I know Trout is under 5K, but you're going to get 5% on Trout and – you could always make the case of playing him. Giolito could be off or or whatever. They have a four point three implied run total, but like I'm more I'm more interested in the White Sox side of this game than the Angels. Mike Trout has forty five home runs on the season. He's under five K. Like you know, it's as simple as that to me. Like if you want to if you want to play Mike Trout under five K against any pitcher in baseball, I'm not going to say no because like. Even if he faces Giolito for two or three at-bats, he's still going to get that one at-bat even against the bullpen. He's on the road. If he gets that fifth at-bat, you're giving him Mike Trout potentially getting four or five at-bats at, you know, under 5K. Like, you have to make the argument for Mike Trout anytime he's under that price. So, um, as far as the White Sox, the cheap guys. They're not that cheap. They're not – I mean, it depends on the lineup. I mean, I'm more inclined to go two through, th- two through six. Like, give me Anderson, Abreu, Moncada, McCann, and Jimenez. Give me all the guys batting from the right-handed side that all have power. That let's not screw around with the Yolmer Sanchez's and the Adam Engels. Like, give, give me the main guys. Give me, give me the main right down. I can, I can make this stack to be what? This is barely over 21K. The White Sox, you wouldn't think that the White Sox would have a total, but they have 5.3 implied run total. So if you're not paying attention to that – 5.3 implied run total is nearly is is nearly as high as the Yankees. This so, is one of those like, days. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm just trying to trying to put things into perspective that the, the Yankees and the Red Sox have at at 25k stacks have the same implied run total as the White Sox against Dylan Peters, and their stack is 21k and maybe goes off the radar today because people aren't used to stacking up the White Sox. So if you start once Jamino, his hamster wheel, and once it starts turning and that ownership comes out, and you see these guys in the single digit, like I, I'm, if I see that, I'll probably be double the field. Yeah, one guys, one of the guys that I want to mention here, if he cracks the lineup, is Danny Mendick. Um, he's twenty five hundred. Yeah, you got to use a third base spot on him, but he, he's been really good in AAA. They they call him, uh, you know, his prospect is kind of iffy, but. 2,500 against Dylan Peters. He's a righty. Uh, sign me up. Hey, let's go. Um, Cleveland at Minnesota. Plutko against Michael Pineda. Uh, ten and a half total here. Pineda is a 178 favorite. Um, any interest in your boy Plutko? The interest. It's interest in the bats. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I know he's your, he's your best friend, and I get it. But 
Um, Michael Pineda on the other side of this game, they, they kind of priced him up. Like, you know, pricing him up to, you know, potentially get the win here. He, he's 10K. It, he's been pitching good. And, and, like, you look at the matchups, Detroit, Chicago, Chicago. So, like, he really hasn't been tested, you know, in a while. So, I think this is where he kind of gets tested by a team that doesn't strike out that much. Probably going to pass on Pineda today. Probably. I'm definitely going to pass on Pineda. I was trying to be nice. And, I, and I, it's the night before podcast, so if I say probably and I change my mind, I can kind of cover myself a little bit. But there's a good chance I don't play Michael Pineda today. Is that there's better? There's nearly a zero chance that I play Michael Pineda. <laughs> um, if you're wanting to target bats against Michael Pineda, you got to target the power guys. Like, he, he leaves pitches over the plate every once in a while. So, like, your Lindor – um, your Puig, your Reyes. Reyes is a phenomenal tournament play here. He's a guy that has a 50% hard hit rate against righties. Like, if Pineda leaves one over the plate, Pineda gives up just as many home runs to righties as he does lefties. Like, Reyes would probably be my top target here from Cleveland. Right, you, but you could make the, the case for nearly all their bats. I mean, even Roberto Perez. I don't necessarily am excited, although the prices are nice. 3900 for Puig and Mercado. And Kipnis is 3600 if he's in the lineup. Like, the stack looks appealing price-wise. It's just that, like, I'm not paying 10 k for Pineda, but I still respect Pineda's strikeout rate, that rallies will get killed. The Indians could put up seven runs and still not be the top stack and it'd be worth it. So I'm more likely to one, twos, threes, any power guy, scarce position like Kipnis or something like that, Lindor at shortstop. And then just hope that those are the those are the two guys, those are the three guys. That's the one guy that gets all the points off of him, and that the stack doesn't come through. Um, Minnesota, you know, I already kind of said like they're top three stack on the slate for me. Um, it's Plucko. He's bound. It's just it's going to eventually happen. And like we face a team that you know obviously has the most home runs in the season by any by any team ever. Like. <laughs> facing a fly ball pitcher that gives up a ton of hard contact that doesn't really have a bunch of strikeout stuff like just any of the any of the Minnesota bats um I actually you know I, I hope Polanco's back because he's only 4600 so I hope he's in the lineup um I hope Jake Cave cracks the lineup spot here like any of the Minnesota bats Adam Plutko I'm gonna I, I, I don't know the exact numbers you may have it in front of you Adam Plutko has a Sierra that's over two runs higher than his ERA. He has a fly ball rate of like 52% to both, like to nearly both sides of the plate. He has an XFIP of over five, okay? This is a bad picture that, that if you even look at who he's faced over the, over the course of most of the season, he's had several against the Royals, the White Sox, the Tigers, like not the who's who of offenses. So, like, this is the reason why I keep on stacking against him. But I typically stack those bad offenses against him because they're so cheap. This, this offense is not cheap. But I, because I've been sta- – it's one of those I'm pot committed, Stevie. Like, the Twins may be chalked, but I'm going I'm, – I'm, everyone's going to be – everyone. I don't care. Uh, they could have the pitch – Lorenzen could be playing for the Twins at 2,100. Because I can't get the trauma – of like me going, well, I'm going to stack against Plutko and then I'm going to leave out Jake Cave and then Cave hits two home runs. I, I just got, I got to leave in my pool. All nine batters, I don't care who they are. I don't care how they're priced. 
if DraftKings just like fell down and Nelson Cruz was 18,000 on this slate, I'd still have a little piece of him because I still couldn't still let go. And I, I got to get my money back, Stevie. This is the spot. You know, we, we pluck go three stints in the majors, very small stint in 2016, but 2018, yeah, 2.47 home run per nine. He has a 2.06 home run per nine. Like, this is the spot. You're just hoping that monster game from Minnesota. And the only thing that I might, that might keep their ownership down here, Yankees, Red Sox, Astros, they're all in the same price range when you're looking at potentially stacking today. So I'm hoping that that keeps the ownership down a little bit. But honestly, I'm with you. I don't even care. Like, if they're going to be popular, who cares? I'm just going to stack them. Uh, it's a 15-game slate. They can't be, like, that, that popular. Right. I mean, it's still, like, they're not going to be 30% owned. It's a 15-game slate. It's the type of thing that if I'm going to five-man stack the Twins and their tra- if they're the chalkiest stack, I just play low-owned one-offs. And no way, don't have to worry about it in that line. All right. Cubbies and Brewers, uh, Cole Hamels and Zach Davies, nine and a half total here. Hamels is a 122 favorite. Um, any interest here in Hamels? Uh, Hamels is not a pitcher I typically roster much of because he's typically overpriced. He's, he, he's not as good of a pitcher as his name you would think he is. And against uh, the, the Brewers, I know there may be like more strikeout potential, but like I don't even think I, – personally, I think Miles Michaelis at 8K is a better play than Hamels at 8,800. Yeah, and, like, it's been a tale of two completely different parts of the season for him. Like, you know, he's been awful on the road. He's been decent at home. Um, But, like, his first half and second half stats have been just way different. His first half, he'd be, you know, really solid first half, 285 Woba, um, 97 strikeouts and 99 innings. Well, the second half of the season, we're looking at a 380 Woba. The XFIP is up. The on-base percentage is up. Like, I just – you worry about some of these – older guys, which Cole Hamels is getting to the back part of his career, that you just worry that they might not just have the gas anymore. Like, the XFIP is almost a run run higher in the second half of the season, and we're looking at lower strikeout rates. Uh, you know, just everything in general. is home run per nine is doubled in the second half of the season. So, I'm, I'm off of Hamels. Like, he's priced like he was pitching in the first half. And if you don't dig into the stats on Hamels – you know, you're going to see a lot of green on plate IQ. And, you know, obviously green is good, but it's not the same. Like, go look at your premium reports. Look at re- recent trends for Hamels. It's just not good right now. So, I'm going to pass on him as well. And then Zach Davies on the other side of this game. we got so many other guys today that I like that are cheap that I don't even have to play Zach Davies here against the Cubs. Maybe i got to play him in one lineup just to troll Big T. There you go. I would much rather play Musgrove or, like, yeah, Musgrove or Lopez or something like that. Understand, I'm, I, I'm, I've, I've, I've touted Zach Davis on, on, on this show primarily because, like, he's 5,800, and he's, like, the only pitcher in the range that you'll play, like, possibly, and there's, like, a million studs on the slate, and, like, okay, he could pitch a bunch of innings and maybe strike out three people, hope for the best. Uh, this is not one of those slates. Like, I, I'd play Jorge Lopez over him, and Jorge Lopez is horrible. Uh, Cubs bats here, you know, obviously, you know, the first five, six guys all have ISOs over 200 against right-handed pitching. Uh, if the wind's not blowing out at Wrigley, it's kind of a neutral ballpark, you know, so obviously going to Milwaukee's a, a ballpark upgrade for the Cubs. Uh, what do you like here with Chicago? They, they got the Zach Davis tax or something like Schwarber's 5,100. Castellanos yeah. is 4,800. Rizzo's 5,400. Like, I, I don't think they're going to be popular. 
because they're as expensive pretty much as a stack. I mean, yeah, Zobers could lead off at 3,600. That could be like a cash play at second base or something. But, like, I'm more interested in this stack if they're, like, ridiculously low-owned, 3 4% aggregate ownership. But, like, I'd still much rather play the Twins. I'd much rather, I'd much rather play the Diamondbacks, truthfully, in Cincinnati. I know the Cubs have a five implied run total. But, like, Zach Davis, like, he doesn't strike many people out, but he also doesn't really get hit that hard. That I don't I, – I, I do one-offs, sure. Give me Rizzo, give me Schwarber, give me, give me one of those guys. But the full stack, I don't know. I, I, I'm not I'm, – even with Baez back at 4,900, it's just – it's too expensive. Yeah, like, that's the problem here. It's the pricing on these guys are just – they're high. So even one-offs, like I feel like they're even expensive for one-offs here, but I don't think it's a bad spot. Like if you're playing on like the draft app or something and you end up stacking the Cubs or playing the Cubs, it's not a bad spot by any means. Um, As far as the Brewers go, you know, I I don't hate if any of these cheap righties are in the lineup, but I I want the home runs. Like that's what Hamels has been struggling with. So with Hera banged up, like obviously that takes off a guy. Moustakas is kind of banged up right now. Like, probably my favorite place here is Ryan Braun, 4,100. He's probably the guy, like, as a one-off. Um, you know, Pena's catching. He has power. Like, I don't mind him, but I don't love it here. Right. I want to see Hernan Perez, like, higher in the line. If he's batting second, 2,900, he has some pop. For 2,900, what, what, what – I mean, you're if you're stacking, like, it makes the stack cheaper. And I also don't mind Christian Yelich at 5,500 because people – on a 15-game slate, with Trout being 4,900 against Giolito, are people going to play Yelich lefty-lefty against Cole Hamels? Probably not. You can get him 3% or something. But if I'm stacking, I don't mind doing like a Kane Perez, Yelich Braun, Grandal, or Pena or something like that. It depends on their lineup. Like it, for the, Once you throw in a cheap Hernan Perez and once you tro- throw in a cheap Pena, Braun is only 4,100. The stack size... You know, it, it's not vomit stack, but it's it's 21K or something. They have a 4.6 implied run total, and Hamels is not that great of a pitcher. And I think most – this is going to be way off the board, and I wouldn't be shocked if the Brewers put up 10 runs. I'd never shock when they hit a bunch of home runs and put up 10 runs, and maybe they do. Yeah, I like the press call. Pena uh, left the game Thursday with a head injury. Um, they said it could have just been a headache, but if he's not in the lineup, maybe Perez does hit fifth, and you can play that that little three-man with Yelich, Braun, and Perez or something along those lines. So, uh, Detroit at Oakland, nine total. Spencer Turnbull against Homer Bailey. Um, any interest here in Turnbull? 5,600. It just did I, – I, the, the A's have a 5.5 implied run total. Turnbull has not looked good, and uh, the, the A's really don't strike out that much. It depends on their lineup. If Loriano's in, maybe maybe their strikeout rate goes up. But, like, I'd rather play Musk. We could go through all the pictures that we talked about, the Lopez guys, Musgrove, like all of those guys I'd rather play before Turnbull. Yeah, Turnbull has lost um, eight of his last ten games and only posted double-digit fantasy points in two games. So he's obviously super, super struggling right now. Um, I would much rather play a Lopez in, in Miami than a Turnbull in Oakland. Um, you know, Oakland's not a bad ballpark, but much rather take one of those Lopez guys. Um, any interest here in Homer Bailey on the other side? I think in GPPs, Homer Bailey is going to be the chalk SP1. 
He's my favorite pitcher on the slate, so I'm not going to sit here and disagree with you. But wait, wait, but I'm talking. It's not an SP two. Like I don't think you're playing Kershaw Bailey. That may maybe you're doing it in cash. Maybe if you could find all the value backs. I think in GPPs it's going to be Bailey as the SP one, and then some other mid. You're going to be you're playing Mats or below. You're playing Musgrove, Lopez's. You're playing Nicholas. Even you're playing someone below eight eighty five hundred, and then you're. You're five-man stacking some expensive place. And, and I think in GPPs, that's what's going to be used. So, to me, if I'm not saying that – Stevie, don't get me, don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm not suggesting that you vomit stack the Tigers because Bailey may be a chalky play in GPP. We have so many pitching pivots that you can, on a 15-game slate, you could just not play Bailey – and then not, don't worry about the Tigers and just like Bailey gets hit up for four runs. The Tiger stack still doesn't pay off and Bailey doesn't pay off. So just like, I, I know I'm king of the leverage vomit stack and the SP two type of guy. It's a 15 game slate. I, I if you want to do it, sure. That's super leverage, but like I could find cheaper bats in other games and, and, and I could fade Bailey and not have to play the Tigers. I might do the opposite. I might just play Bailey 100%. <laughs> As an SP1, um, like you were saying, like a uh, Bailey Musgrove team, uh, probably going to have a few of those. So um, <laughs> just, I'll, I'll go get my chalk and um, write on my chalkboard. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Bailey's going to be popular, and I don't think you stack Detroit. You just play a different pitcher. So I personally, on the other hand, probably going to play 100% Bailey and eat the chalk and just be different elsewhere. Um, Oakland bats. Anything here for Oakland? Well, I mean, if Floriano's back, he's forty nine hundred. But I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm, these guys are just too expensive. Facing Turnbull in Oakland, like you, you end up paying. Like I, I still like other stacks better because, like Canna, Olson, Chapman, they're all in the forty five hundred range. Semyon's forty seven hundred. Grossman is whatever. I don't really want to play him. Davis is Chris Davis, and you know what you get there. So, like, one-offs, sure, I guess. Uh, just, I wish there was slight. I, it's because Turnbull is priced down. The, the A's are priced up a little bit that I'm not paying 23K plus, 23.5K for an Oakland stack when I could get a better stack. Seth Brown's 3,300 still. <laughs> like, uh, one day his price will get increased. He's, he's only averaging 11 fantasy points. He's only hitting – you know, like 450. Um, one day his price will get increased. Maybe. Never know. But 3,300 against Turnbull. Probably going to be popular. Rockies and Padres. Tim Melville against Nelson Lamette. Lamette's a 180 favorite. Any interest here in Melville? He's the worst pitcher on the entire slate. Yeah, we've seen him a bunch. You know, he's obviously been around the block. Um, you know, we've seen him with the Reds a little bit. We've seen him with um, – Baltimore, we've seen him now, obviously, with the Rockies a little bit. But, yeah, nothing really standing out. Um, really, anytime you have a guy with a home run per nine over two in AAA, you're instantly interested in the bats against him. So, um, I'm with you. I'm not playing Melville here. The only thing that kind of concerns me is he's a ground ball guy against righties, and there's a bunch of righties. But his lineup's starting to get a little bit more lefty-friendly, too. Like, they've called all these guys up. So, I'm passing on Melville, no interest. The Nelson Lamette. You know, anytime the Rockies are on the road, you know, you could potentially play pitchers against them. But the Nelson Lamette at 
not throwing more than usually 95, closer to 85 pitches a start. Like, I'm not paying that price for him. Me neither, but if you think he's incredibly efficient, this is a spot where he could be efficient. And also, understand that Lamette has a higher strikeout rate to lefties than he does to righties. So if you see a, if you see Blackman, Murphy, McMahon, Hilliard, Dom Noon, if you see a whole bunch of Rockies lefties, like that actually increases his upside. Of course, it increases his downside too. So if you do think that he's efficient in his limited pitch count, I don't go there in a, in a 15-game slate, but if you want to take that shot, feel free to go ahead and do so. Um, yeah, like nothing really staying out to me as far as the Rockies bats. You know, I, I think that the pricing is, is kind of interesting. Arnado Blackman, 4,700 and not over 5k, but I don't really want to stack them here. So like maybe one offs of those guys, but I don't even feel great about playing like one off story makes a little bit more sense just because of his upside at shortstop. Right, it's a scarce position. If you're going to play any of them, play play a guy in a scarce position and hope to get a ceiling score. Um, any interest here in the Padres? They're my vomit stack of the day. Easily. Uh, Melville's horrible. They have a 5.2 implied run total. Remember, the Yankees and the Red Sox have 5.4 implied run totals. The Padres have a 5.2 implied run total in San Diego. Okay. Uh, the most expensive guy in this lineup is Manny Machado at 4,200, which means this is a vomit stack, and they have a 5.2 applied run total. Uh, give me all of them. I will take everyone in this lineup, from Ty France to Josh Naylor to Hosmer to Hedges to whoever, because Melville is awful. This is one of those things that, like, I know they want to play the young guys, but, like, this is one of those days it's just like, hey, can Renfro be in the lineup, please? Like, yeah. Um, I get the vomit stack on them for sure. Melville's not good. So Giants and Dodgers, eight and a half total to Shark against Kershaw. Kershaw's a two sixty favorite here. Um, any interest in Jeff Samarja? eighty three hundred, definitely not, but even if he was sixty six hundred, I wouldn't be. He could be free and I don't think I'd play him today. That's a lie. I would play any free pitcher. Um three thirty four Woba, two forty four ISO. You know, 48% fly balls, 42% hard hit rate against lefties, just generates zero soft contact, doesn't strike anybody out, facing one of the best teams in baseball. That's a pass. If you're paying up a pitcher today, you, you know, Kershaw's the guy. Like, you know, you, you, you can make an argument for pivoting off of him, but if I was going to pay over 10 k for anybody today, it's Kershaw. I agree with you. The- <laughs> My only concern in GPPs is that – you have to ask yourself the question, is Kershaw going to put up a score that you need? If your answer is yes, then you play him. And you're probably going to play him with a very cheap pitcher. <laughs> if your answer to the question is no, that he's going to put up a sub-30-point score, then don't play any of them. Just pay for the bats. See, the, one of the reasons that, like, again, uh, why I want to, like, I just said Bailey's probably going to be my lock and load SP1 is because Kershaw's 11-9. And he's definitely been way better in the second half. The Dodgers know where they're at in the standings. He, he hasn't thrown more than 95 pitches since August 6th. They know. Like, he doesn't have to go out and show. We know Kershaw is very efficient right now. And, like, he can get there in 85 to 95 pitches. But if he struggles at all, if he walks a couple guys, he doesn't get the strikeouts. Like, he's 11-9. He needs 30 to 35 points on a slate where there's 15 games. So, that's why I'm not playing him. I'm not playing any of the Giants' bats against him. I don't want leverage in this game. It's just 
I think Kershaw pitches really well here. I just don't think he hits the ceiling in this game. So I'm passing on the offense and Kershaw. I agree with you, but on the, the Dodgers side, I don't mind playing the lefty bats against the margin. Listen, I always have a Dodger stack. I don't have to say it. I think everybody, if you've ever listened to the baseball podcast before, welcome. Appreciate you listening. But uh, I stack the Dodgers almost every day, and this is not any different. Um, any different. Jeff Samarja, bat against lefties. I could play five lefties from this team. Sign me up. Yeah, and even Peterson. You don't have to – who cares about pinch hit risk? He'll hit three home runs before he's pinch hit, right? <laughs> or, or get injured trying to rob a home run. Like, you know, so – <laughs> uh Muncy Mac, Max Muncy actually going on the IL makes the stack easier too price wise like you, you can make the stack a lot easier with Muncy hurt banged up you know Seager's cheap if Pollock's in there he's cheap um you know Lux is cheap like it's easier to stack this team when you're not paying up for Peterson Bellinger and Muncy all right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here for the weekend. Um, NFL Week 1. We did the Week 1 podcast yesterday, the morning grind podcast. Um, if you haven't listened to that, go check it out. The Listener's League for Week 1, very not, it's, they, they wanted to go small Week 1 because we really didn't know how much interest. So if you want to get into it, it's in the comments section of the podcast from Week 1 from Thursday. And I tweeted out the link. I'll probably tweet it out again Friday, so jump into that. Um, baseball morning grind game under 8K to get six more strikeouts. Who do you got? Dylan Bundy. I like that one. You know, I do. Um, man, I really wish we had an idea of McKay's pitch count because he would be the guy. I'm going to, I'm going to go with, um, Pablo Lopez. Okay. Um, over 8K to score under 15. I'll go with uh, Domingo Armand. All right. I'm going to go with uh, Michael Pineda. Okay. I could see him easily getting there, but I think his, his floor to ceiling range is just massive. Well, it's a big enough slate that we could both make decent enough choices. When it's like a six-game slate, you can't. Right. Um, over 4K to hit a home run. Over 4K. Uh, it, it, I'm just whatever Padres. It doesn't matter. Uh, if Renfro's in the lineup, it's Renfro. If it's not, it's just it literally it just Machado. Fine. It's any of them. I'm going to kind of go a little off the board. I'm going to go 5,700 Kettle Marte. But he's a good player. You're acting like you, you did something like – Yeah, but no, 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 no. Okay. He, I'm not saying he's not a bad player. I'm saying he's off the board because how many people today are going to click Kettle Marte's name at 5,700 over all the other studs on the slate? JSU Rab will. Because he's my boy. That's what's Why? up. <laughs> we all know that. JSU's sharp. Sharp as a knife. Um, all right. Give me a guy under 4K to get two hits. It's, it's – <laughs> Manuel Margot. It's just the Padres. Everything on the Padres. I don't care. All right. <laughs> um, I'll stick with my Arizona, and I'll go uh, Rojas. Assuming that he's still under 4K. I don't even have it up in front of me. Yeah, yeah. They haven't priced him up. Um, give me your, your stack to score six or more runs today. I mean, the correlation move would be to say the Padres, but uh, – 
How did the Twins not score six runs off Plutko? How does that? How does that not happen? How does that like? How like and the world? The world? The universe is gonna just just collapse upon itself. The Twins are the best offense. What? They're the number one offense in all of baseball, right? Plutko's hard. I mean, come on. This has to happen. This has to happen, Stevie. I feel like you're jinxing them like super hard right now. Well, that's why I got the Padres as the other. If if not the Twins, fine. I got my vomit stack in my back pocket. (laughs) I'm going to just stick with my theme here. I'm going to say Arizona scores six or more runs today. I love Arizona today. Um, Yeah, let's get out of here. You have any final thoughts? Uh, If you're you're playing uh, NFL – Join the Discord. A lot of people that I talk to them on Twitter, they DM me, people message me asking me questions. I'm perfectly fine answering questions. I'm not, I'm not uh, you know, rude or anything. Just there's a public conversation going on in the Roto Grinders Discord. And if you're a premium member, you have access to it the NFL channel, the Blitz channel. And I'm in there, the MLB channel, everything. I'm in there all the time. All you have to do is mention me. In the channels, don't send me a message because then I get a little bing bong boom on my phone and it's annoying. But if you mention me in the channel, I will answer any question you possibly could have. So if you're a premium member and you're not in the Discord yet, especially for NFL season, do that now. It's constantly active. Everyone's talking about strategy. You get the updated news. We post tweets. it's, It's one of the best resources you could have as a premium member. Yeah, if you were in there earlier, you would have heard me talking about Allison Montgomery as captain. So, you know, what, what right, else? Right, the premium <laughs> advice. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we're going to get out of here for the weekend. Hope everyone enjoys week one NFL, uh, enjoys this baseball slate. We'll be back Monday talking some more baseball. Good luck in your contest, and we will see you then.